the uh, Matthew chapter 16. Go ahead and get right into this. Matthew chapter 16. I'll be reading, starting in verse 24 all the way down to 28. And like, like y'all probably found out this morning, I'm not going to be very long. So if y'all promise to back me, get in with me, um, press in in these altars whenever the time comes. Let the Lord work on you. Let the Lord speak to you. I, I promise you I'm not going to be very long. We'll get you out of here quick. <laughs> but uh, Matthew 16, uh, starting in verse 24. Going down to verse 28, it says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there be be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. You can be seated here tonight. Just for a moment, I want to speak to you on something that the Lord's challenged me with over the past few years. And in my sermon, in this quick, maybe 15 minutes max, I want to challenge the church to do what Jesus was talking about in this passage of Scripture, and that would be to deny yourself and take up your cross. Because how many know that there's a world out there that's depending on the church to deny themselves and take up their cross and follow Him? There's a world out there that's depending on us to do what we need to do, to do what we're supposed to do, to give them some sort of hope. So for a few moments, I want to preach on the thought, is there cobwebs on your cross? Is there cobwebs on your cross? You see, in this passage of Scripture, this was not a question that Jesus was asking. He wasn't saying, will you take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me? This wasn't a question This was not a suggestion. This was not just some recommendation. But this was a command to any follower of Christ, any blood-bought, born-again Christian, to take up your cross. This shouldn't be a second option or an afterthought, but it should be our main purpose of pursuing Christ. In 1 Corinthians 16 and 15, it says, I beseech you, brethren, ye know the house of Stephanus, that is the first fruits of Achai, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. How many of you have ever seen somebody that's a fanatic of something? Somebody that, uh, we've all seen the football games and the basketball games. We've seen some pretty crazy people that are crazy about their team. That are crazy about supporting the people that will paint their face. That will shout, that will get in your face about it. And we can see people get so passionate about something like that. But as Christians, we can't even get passionate about what Christ has done in our life, about taking up our cross, about reaching lost souls. I believe that it's time for us as Christians to become a fanatic about it, to get some sort of burden about it, to get passionate about it, that would go out into the world and do what Christ has commanded us to do. I believe it's time that we get a passion about it. My first point I want to talk about the call. As Christians, we have the call to care. How have we lost the value of lives and souls? This world has twisted and changed what 
the, the value of a life is. We see that science likes to prove that they find bacteria on Mars and that's life, but a fetus in the womb is not. That's not how it's supposed to be. And if we're not careful, I believe that that mindset of not caring about a life has crept into the church. And we have been so consumed with ourselves that we forget what God has called us to do. And he's called us to care about people. It's not being a Christian isn't all about wearing a suit and tie. It's not all about coming to church every time the doors are open. And I think we should be in church every time the doors are open. But what Christ has called us to do is to love people as he did. He's called us to care. He's called us to reach out. Hallelujah, we have a call to care. And how many of you know that it's not always easy to care for people, but we're called to love Christ. We're called to care for Christ. Because you're not always going to want to deal with people. But if you would love Christ, you're going to say, you know what, Lord, I want to love people like you did. That's part of it. We're called to care. John 14 and 15 says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And in Mark 16 and 15 it says, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I believe that if we truly love the Lord, if we truly seek after him, we're going to want to go into the world. We're going to want to spread the gospel. We're going to want to share with each and every person the glory of God and what he's done in our lives. I don't believe that you can truly call yourself a Christian without caring for people. People, without loving people because it's a command from God there's a we're also called to deny ourselves Galatians 5 and 24 says and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust how many of you know that that flesh each and every day rises up against us and in those moments, it's hard to care. It's hard to do what God's called us to do. But in that moment, we have to remember, we're called to deny ourselves. You know, each and every day you wake up, you're saying yes to something. But are you going to say yes to God or yes to the flesh? As Christians, we're supposed to deny ourselves. Because in the end, it's not about us. There's a story about a man of God named E.V. Hill. And he was going on a mission trip to India. And he was taking several men from his church over there. And whenever they got there, they got in a, a, an older model Jeep and they had traveled as far as they could till the road ended. Then they had to hike about a mile up a mountain. And whenever they got to their destination, it was nothing but a, it was nothing but a, a rundown tent. It was a medical tent where somebody had set up some medical missions. And whenever they walked in, him and the men of God from his church were walking and they saw people that were sick, that were broken in their body. And they walked down, and one of the men walked down to the end of the tent. It was a dirt floor. And there was this person that had an illness. I think it was leprosy, they said. And there was a woman washing this person's feet. She was kneeling on the ground just washing this person's feet. And that man that had come with the church looked at her and said, I wouldn't do that for a million dollars. And that woman, while she was washing that person's feet, looked up at him and said, I wouldn't do it for a million dollars either. But I do it for Christ. Don't you understand that we're not in it for money? We're not in it for personal gain. But we're in it for God. How many of you know that you'll never truly live till you find something that you're willing to die for? And as Christians, we have to be willing to give our lives for this. We have to be willing to deny ourselves. 
Is there cobwebs on your cross? Have you forgotten what it's about? Have you forgotten that we are supposed to take up our cross so that whenever people look at us, that's what they see? Is there cobwebs on your cross? Verse 26 of this passage that I read said, For what shall a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man profit if he doesn't do what God called him to do and there's souls that go to hell because of it? I've heard several people say at school that your life is too valuable to waste it on yourself. And that's so true because there's so many people that are dependent on your life to make a difference for them. Ephesians 3 and 8 says, Unto me whom less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. This is Paul talking. This is Paul, one of the greatest men of God. He, he, he was a missionary all throughout the known world. He wrote most of the New Testament. And yet he still says, Unto me who am less than the least of all saints. A big part of denying ourselves is understanding who we are. And who we are is nothing but sinners saved by grace. What we are is nothing but people who were lost but God called in. He extended that grace to us so that we could extend it to others. So that we could be a light to others. So that we could reach others. He didn't bless you just for yourself, but he blessed you to be a blessing. Don't let pride arise or you'll never do a work for the Lord. Don't let, don't let yourself get in the mindset that you're too good to do something. Because that's not what it's about. Brother Mike Shelton said, I'm scared of anything that'll make a devil out of an angel. And that's what pride did. Don't ever think of yourself higher than what it ought to be. But if we just get in the mindset, Lord, I am nothing, but I am yours. And whatever you have for my life, I'm willing to do it. Wherever you want me to go, I'm going to go. Whoever you want me to love, I'm going to love. Whatever you're calling me to do, I'm going to do it. Because that's what it's about. That's what our Christian walk's about. It's about denying ourselves and taking up our cross. My second point is the cross. It's not a burden. 2 Timothy 1.9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given in us, given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Carrying the cross isn't a burden, but it's a holy calling. It's an honor because I know that I don't deserve to be in the ministry. I don't deserve to have this opportunity to preach. I don't have this opportunity. I don't deserve this opportunity to go and work. I, don't, I didn't deserve that opportunity to go to camp and camp and camp and work and make a difference in young people's lives. I didn't deserve it. And this cross is not a burden. But it's something that we should carry with pride. It's something that we should be proud of. That God saw us fit to put us into the ministry. And we should do it with the joy in our hearts. Carrying the cross is not a part-time job. I'm sorry this isn't much of a, a shouting message or something to get you excited, but how many of you know that we're called to do something? We're not saved just for ourselves, but God had a plan and purpose for each and every one of your lives. And you might not be called to preach or to pastor or be a missionary, but I believe each and every one of you are called to be a witness. 
Each and every one of you are called to be a light to somebody. Each and every one of you are called to love people. That's what we're called to do as Christians. And it's not a part-time job. There's a story of John Wesley. He was preaching at a place called Hounslow Heath. And this was the night before he was preaching. He was at at a small store there. And a man had come up to him and began to rob him. He, put, he held him at gunpoint and he said, I want, I want everything you have. So he began to empty his pockets. He gave him his watch, his wallet, all of his belongings. And that man, he took all of his stuff. And as he was turning around, John Wesley, being that great man of God that he was, he said, wait, I have something more to give you. And that man turned around thinking he was going to gain something of value. But John Wesley looked at that man and said, I have this. And he quoted 1 John 1 and 7. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth, cleanseth us from all sin. In the midst of being faced with the, what would be a scary situation, John Wesley understood that witnessing wasn't a part-time job. That loving people wasn't a part-time job. And all he le- had left to give was the name of Jesus. So he gave it. You might not think that you have much to give. You might not have all the talent. But if you just give what you have, and that's the name of Jesus. The story goes on to say that some 20 years later, John Wesley was preaching in that area. And after he was done preaching, a man approached him, well-dressed man, and he said, Brother Wesley, you probably don't remember me. But on that night 20 years ago, I'm the man that robbed you. And yet you still had the courage to say to me that the blood of Jesus Christ would cleanse from all sin. He said, and that stuck with me. And I got saved. And now I've raised my family in church. Now let me tell you something. If we would just make up in our minds that we're going to take advantage of every opportunity, you have no idea the difference you can make. Because there's people in this world that need you to love them. As Christians, we're not better than anybody else. We're just people like everybody. And we're people that needed love at some point too. And I just think in my life, I want to give, the, I want to give people the same love that I needed. Because that's what it's about. But is there cobwebs on your cross? Have you just left it at home? Have you determined in your mind that that old cross got too heavy? That it's become nothing but a burden? That I'm not really making a difference? Have you forgotten what God has called you to do? Because he's called each and every one of us to make a difference. How many of you know that Jesus spent most of his ministry reaching people that we try to avoid? You know, we see people that we, we, they don't dress like we do, so we just kind of pass them by. And I'm not trying to be harsh. I just, that seems to be the trend with Christians is that just because somebody might not act like we do or dress like we do, we tend to pass them by. But how about in Luke 15, whenever the, the Pharisees are looking at Jesus and they They say this as a slight towards Jesus. They say, what manner of man is this that he receiveth sinners? And they meant that as an insult. But I bet you that Jesus took that as a compliment. He said, yeah, nobody else will love them, but they can come to me. They trust me. That's what it's about. I hope people look at me and say, what manner of man is this that he receiveth sinners? Because I don't care who you are. I don't care what background you have. I'm called to love you. And as Christians, we're called to love them. 
Because that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. We want to proclaim the gospel to, to the saved people. We don't mind testifying about what God's done to, for us in church. And I believe that that's, that's a great thing to do. I love testimony service. I love the testimonies tonight. But what about whenever there's no one around that believes like we do or supports us? Are we still going to stand and claim and tell our story as to what God's done for us? Or are we just going to leave our cross at home? Like I said, I'm not going to be long. If somebody could come to the piano. I remember, Brother Jacob, you remember this. We used to play ball a lot out there, outside of faith on that concrete slab in the middle of summer. We'd be out there, what, three or four times a week for two hours a day. Me and Brother Jacob would always be out there, and, and through it all, we, we had several people from the apartment complex, several young guys. We'd have groups of 15 out there at times just playing ball, a bunch of young men that had never been to church, never heard the gospel preached, never seen a, a, a witness of Christ. And we had done that, for, I mean, two or three years we had gone out there, and we had been around these guys. And I remember one night, Brother Lee Fitzwater was preaching at our church, and he was talking about heaven he was talking about making it. He was talking about seeing people there. And he looked at me and he said, Cameron, how great is it going to be whenever you get to heaven and you see those young men that you played ball with there with you? And you know what? I thought about it and in my chair I just began to weep. Because after three years of playing ball with them, I realized I had left my cross at home. There had not been a single time that I had witnessed to these young men. There had not been a single time that I talked about the love of Jesus. There had not been a single time that I showed to them that I was a Christian or I was different. And I just began to cry because I could have made a difference. God gave me the opportunity, but I let their... There were cobwebs on my cross because I left it in my closet at home. And you know what the sad thing about it was? Is I remember a few months after that, I was just scrolling on Facebook and I, I came across this article. And I just saw a face of a young man and I knew I'd seen him somewhere. And I click on it and I start to read it. And it was a young man we had played ball with who had gotten shot in a bad drug deal. And I remember right there where I was, I just began to cry because I could have made a difference. But I stopped denying myself and I stopped taking up my cross. And I stopped doing what Jesus Christ had called me to do. There were cobwebs on my cross. And now that person's blood is on my hands. Ezekiel 3, 17 and 18 says, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore hear the, the word of, uh, of my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life. The same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thy hand. I believe that God has given each of us an opportunity to witness each of us an opportunity to reach out. And whenever you get to heaven one day, 
Is God going to look at you and see the blood of Christ? Or is he going to look at you and see the blood of the innocent lives that you could have made a difference in? Brother Taylor says at the school, there's going to be two questions you're asked whenever you make it to heaven. They're going to ask you how many people you brought with you. And whenever you say none, the second question is going to be, how could you? How could we live a life having hope for others, knowing what God can do and keeping it in? Not sharing it with others. But as Christians, Jesus Christ has called us just to deny yourself and take up your cross. And just be a light to those that are hurting. How many of you know that we're not lacking hurting people in the world? But they're, they're, they're so desperately seeking someone. So tonight, if you could all stand. I know it wasn't long. I know it wasn't profound. I know it wasn't much. But it's what the Lord laid on my heart. That I would challenge you. Don't let there be cobwebs on your cross. But would you take it up and be a witness for Christ? There's a song that we sing all the time at school and it goes, Souls are crying. Men are dying. Won't you lead them to the cross? Go and find them. Please help to win them. Win the lost at any cost. Are you willing to go and win the lost at any cost? Are you willing to do whatever Christ has for you? It might not be big, but I promise you every bit of it's important. And there are souls depending on each and every one of you to go and make a difference in. So tonight, if we could all bow our heads and close our eyes, I want to make a very simple altar call. If you would like to make a difference for the kingdom of God, if you would be willing to say, Lord, here am I, I want to do more for you. I want to be a witness for you. I want to love people like you did. I want to take up my cross. Would you just come down to this altar and say, Lord, I want to do it. I want to work for you. I want to give my life for you. I want to make a difference. I want to love people. Because there are souls that die and go to hell each and every day that you can make a difference in. Would you come and let the Lord challenge your heart? Would you come let the Lord speak to you and give you a work to do? Just find a, right where you're sitting if you don't mind, just find a place to pray. And ask the Lord, what would you have for me? God, I want to do a work for you.